Hey everyone, welcome to the NateHoldridge.com podcast, where we're taking a look at Pastor Nate's essays on a variety of different things, and just digging a little bit deeper into them. And today we're looking at one of his essays called How to Read the Proverbs. Let's get into it. The book of Proverbs is a treasure. Filled with pithy maxims, the book of Proverbs can help you live a life of skill. They're like a chainsaw for life. You can chop down a tree with a dull axe, but it will be harder than it has to be. Living life without the wisdom of God is possible, but it's harder than it has to be. The Proverbs, however, give us the sharp edge and the power that we need. In a waffling world, we need the bottom lining that Proverbs provides. Proverbs deals with what you deal with. They cover life now. So, all right, so Nate, you recently, well, you just recently started writing, which is amazing. I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been rad. And uh, one of the first articles you posted was about the book of Proverbs and, you know, there's proverbs in all kinds of different cultures and wisdom from different people groups and families and mm-hmm. books and stuff like that. So I think the word proverbs isn't necessarily like a, you know, kind of a distant term. Like you get a cookie at a Chinese restaurant, you get like a little <laughs> proverb, you know? Yeah, good point. But, uh, you know, you're writing about proverbs in the Bible. What kind of makes um, the book of proverbs in the Bible a special book or yeah yeah things. yeah it's interesting that you you put it that way because even in ancient times you know around the same time that Solomon wrote the proverbs that are in the bible there were actually other um ancient writings around that same time that are very similar to the book of proverbs and you know like you're pointing out in the fortune cookie you know kind of analogy there are things even today that people will write that sound very similar to some of the wise sayings that you have in the book of Proverbs. But, you know, of course, the thing that's lacking in those other writings, whether ancient or modern, is the fear of the Lord. And that's what mm-hmm. Solomon was basing his wisdom off of, you know, that there's there's a God who's very personal. He's the one who designed uh, human life and the way that human life works. And so these general wise sayings um, are best operated under this love for God and this respect for God and this um, reverence, a healthy fear of the Lord. So that's probably one of the big things that really, you know, sets it apart. And, you know, I mean, obviously it doesn't take us too long to live this life to understand how much we really need a lot of wisdom and we need a lot of direction. So I think Solomon's concept is let's go to the designer of life to figure out how he has designed all of this to work. Hmm. So that, that's probably the biggest difference because there's, you know, plenty in the Proverbs that, you know, if you didn't know the Lord, you could apply it into your life and, you know, it'd be wise, maybe a statement here or there about how to handle money, for instance. Right, yeah. You'd really be blessed, you know, to practice your life in that kind of way, but not blessed in the kind of way that Solomon is talking about. When that's connected to a fear of the Lord and you're handling your money in a way that he would describe in Proverbs, because of your relationship with God, man, things really fly as a result. That makes sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. I was just reading this morning about, um, well, today's the 23rd day of 
the month. <clears throat> and uh, Proverbs twenty three. Proverbs twenty three, man. And uh, so it sounds like um, Solomon is writing to his son and warning him against um, you know it's really practical things like just don't get drunk, basically, and don't let your mind be altered by substances and stuff like that. So I know what you mean. It's like practical wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like with that said, being um, a book that's inspired by God, written by a man who was living his life to honor God, what's, um, I guess, I mean, your your article is titled How to Read the Proverbs. So what what are some kind of ways to really read that just thinking through that it's a spiritual book god inspired it's written mostly i'm assuming from a man to his son Mm -hmm. how how are we to kind of just read that and take that in as christians as believers yeah you know maybe like a way of thinking about this is i've been asked before by other pastors you know one of the things we'll talk about is uh, you know how to teach various books of the bible some of the ways that you might emphasize certain things and Proverbs is one of those books that is a little bit of a head scratcher for pastors. Yeah. You know, how do you mm-hmm. teach the book of Proverbs? And you can go verse by verse through the book of Proverbs, but it's actually a little bit of a frustrating or difficult experience to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've I've done mo- most of the book of Proverbs in that way, that verse by verse style. And the reason that it's hard is because Solomon is. Um, the, he's not. He doesn't always have like a flow of thought. He he, mm-hmm. he isn't always yeah. building this tight outline that you can follow. A lot of times, it's a collection of all these different sayings. So you'll read a couple of verses that have the same content matter, and then you get to the next verse, and it's a wildly different theme. <laughs> yeah, so it's so really true. hard to just you know say, okay, here's the proverbs about this. Let's turn to chapter thirteen and cover it. So a lot of times in teaching it, what what pastors will do is they'll say, you know, I want to talk about parenting, and they'll Mm -hmm. take a a lot of the Proverbs that deal with parenting out of the whole book and then highlight them. But when you're personally reading the Proverbs, like you said, you know, today, the 23rd chapter, you're getting this really cool experience because what you're getting a chance to do is you're getting a chance to read about maybe 15, 20 different subjects right. in the yeah. course of that one chapter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, you mentioned drunkenness. I'm sure it's not, you weren't sitting there today going, <laughs> man, that's a new that's a new theme. Right. I didn't know that. I mean, I know you. I know your life. Uh, I know that you're, you know, a very sober person, including in that area of your life. So, but when you read that, you know, if you were somebody that was battling with that kind of concept and, and yeah. you were, you know, entering into temptation in that area of your life, that might be the part of it that really would stand out to you right. that day. Uh, if you're struggling with sexual temptation, there might be another part of the chapter that deals with that, that you're, you know, edified by. If you're being a little loose financially and you're getting into debt and you're kind of overextending yourself and we're we're as we record this we're getting close to the christmas season right. where people like uh-huh. to spend a lot of money on <laughs> gifts and stuff like that and those different concepts and verses might really help you you know so i think on one hand we should be really thankful for the way that it was um put together or compiled mm. cuz solomon didn't just write sit down and write all these things consecutively other people would take these compile them put them together and uh, that compilation is beautiful for us because mm-hmm. it just kind of helps us keep things really varied. So that's that's one thing that comes to mind with how yeah. to read it. 
that's cool so do you i mean for you personally when you're i guess when you're teaching the proverbs maybe um like you said maybe you'll pull from different chapters about different topics and things like that incorporate them into your sermons but on like a personal kind of daily basis as you're reading through scripture do you um just kind of go through the proverbs like chapter by chapter do you take some time just to read through just only the book of proverbs or how does that look for you just kind of on a personal level? Yeah, I do. I do both of those things. So <clears throat> for the most part, I'll do like you just mentioned today, you know, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So uh, I will sometimes more consistently, sometimes less consistently. But in general, I'll have this thing in my mind where I um, am saying, you know, I'm going to I'm going to just take the proverb of the day and I'll go through and read the entire chapter that would correspond to that date on the calendar. Uh, and then other times I'll say, you know, now I'm going to do the book of Proverbs for my morning quiet time. So I'll slow down a little bit more and really kind of dig into it. But, uh, you know, I love it. I, I actually like to teach the Proverbs to my, to my daughters, uh, you know, depending on the day of the month, uh, you know, we'll That's sit cool. down and uh, what I'll usually do is if it's like the 12th of the month, I'll say, okay, you know, Proverbs 12 has 28 verses in it. And then, okay, so Violet, what verse do you want? You know, one to mm -hmm. 28, you know, and then June, what one do you want? And Lauren, which one do you want? And um, it's great, you know, because you re you kind of realize there's going to be some wisdom here that really speaks into their lives. And as a father, um, you know, when you're, when, when someone's 10 years old, uh, that wisdom in Proverbs is going to apply to them in a certain kind right. of way. So to be able to yeah. do the work of just kind of explaining that to them is a blessing. So I, I'll do both of the things that you mentioned. Huh. That's really sweet. I love that. Teaching your girls about the Proverbs is so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a blast, man. <laughs> I mean, there are some, you know, that, uh, you kind of, they're a little more, uh, uh, they're a little more mature in their subject yeah, content, yeah, you know, or matter. Mean, yeah. So you have to really, you know, kind of navigate those well. But it actually provides a great way to dig into some of those subjects too, because man, they live in a chaotic world, so they're going to need the wisdom that God's word provides. Right. Yeah. What do you think? Like for, um, man, I love that. Just like wisdom for life, you know. Say like a new. Okay, this new girl just became a Christian and is reading the Bible, just kind of figuring it out, just coming to church and reads things in Proverbs. And it's like, whoa, man, am I really supposed to put a knife to my throat when, like, I'm not <clears throat> obeying authority? Like, not that that's exactly what it says in the Proverbs, but stuff like that, you mm -hmm. know, where it's like, oh, man, is this, like, literal? Like, what do I need to, how do I process this, you know? Is there any, like, kind of tips you have for, for that? Is, is, Proverbs supposed to be taken as like, just do these kind of things always? Are these like promises? Are these, what What kind of... Yeah, I think, I think a great thing to keep in mind, because I've heard the book of Proverbs taught um, in a way that, you know, honestly is really depressing, because mm -hmm. what you see in the book of Proverbs is, uh, it's a book of contrasts, really. So a major contrast in the book is the contrast between the wise and the fool, mm -hmm. the righteous and the unrighteous, the godly and the ungodly. And if you approach the book of Proverbs without the gospel in your, your mind and in your heart, and if you approach the Proverbs without the requisite 
poverty of spirit that Jesus talked about in Matthew 5, 3. And you come to it with maybe some arrogance or a feeling of superiority or a feeling that you need to nail this life Mm -hmm. in your own strength. Uh, You can really come away from it pretty depressed because you're going to, to confront failure you know, in the book of Proverbs. But if you can approach it with a, with a sense that the gospel and uh, the, the, the um, justification that I have by faith and the, the imputed righteousness, that's what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. the imputed righteousness that is mine in Christ, that I am in him, he is in me, and that's my position in him. If you can approach it with that, then when you're reading Proverbs, you're approaching it uh, like, hey, this is the life that Jesus Christ has designed for me. And he has redeemed me and mm-hmm. bought me out of my slavery to sin so that I could be set free from myself, the, the, the trappings of the world. And my tendency in my fleshly state or in my old natural man is to live the life of folly or to live the life of ungodliness mm-hmm. or to live the life of worldliness. But this book helps me uh, to to get a vision is what I'm trying yeah, to say yeah. for what Jesus wants to produce in my life. Mm. So you know when you're seeing those contrasts, like I said, it's really easy to get uh, almost discouraged by it. Right. I've heard some people teach it in a way where it's just you kind of get done with it, and it's like, man, the world is just so <sighs> horrible, and everybody's right. so horrible, and the fool is so bad, and this is what we're living in. Look at all the fools that we're walking around under. Instead of realizing, man, the fool lives inside me. Wow. Yeah. The fool is right there in my heart, and there is this daily battle and struggle. So I want to walk with the Lord and uh, feed the Spirit and not feed the flesh so that I, so that the fruit of the spirit can come out of my life, and when the fruit of the spirit is in operation in my life, uh, the proverbs life is going to be lived out uh, mm. more and more uh, in my heart and in my life. Wow, that's beautiful. The, when you're talking about that, that reminded me of one of the parts of your um, your essay when you're talking about um, yeah, just casting a vision for your life and the wisdom that's in proverbs. Mm. And he said, um, excuse me, he said, if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, then the cross of Christ is the depth of it. I know you kind of just talked about that a little bit, but do you have any kind of thoughts on that? Kind of expanding on that a little bit, how, um, how Christ is the depth of wisdom in a believer's life? Yeah. So, I mean, as you're reading the New Testament, what you're reading about is the new covenant that we stand in, in Jesus, so that he He enters into us, he makes us new, he transforms our lives. It says in Colossians that in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom mm-hmm. and knowledge. Uh, so there's something deeper there in Christ than just the superficial, you know, keeping of a commandment or living my, trying to live my life in a, in a certain way. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is that a lot of what I read in the Proverbs, you know, some of it actually might come a little more naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Some of it, you know, through the way I was raised or something like that, you know, uh, maybe Proverbs that deal with like the laziness that, uh, is found in a person and wanting to be a hard working person. Well, if you were raised in a home 
where your, you know, dad was just constantly modeling for you a strong work ethic, uh, waking you up early in the morning, you know, and, and getting on you about being a hard worker. Well, you might, you know, be raised and, and come to a place, not even as a believer, not even as a Christian, where you'd say, man, I'm going to, I'm a hardworking person. I'm going to take that seriously. Like the ant, I'm going to, you know, prepare for the summer, you know, things like that. But what we're looking at in Jesus is we're saying, you know, what we're, what we really need though, is for Jesus to be transforming Mm -hmm. our nature and our character to make us into hardworking people. And we're not trying to do it in a way to where there's a self effort or a human pride about what we have produced in ourselves. We're wanting him to touch that core nature of our hearts. We're wanting him to make us diligent people who like him, who came and worked hard and was daily diligent for his mission and his task. I want to have that in my own heart and in my own life. I don't want to work hard just because I was conditioned to do so or because pridefully I think that that's the better life. I want to work hard because Jesus worked hard and he modeled that for me and he creates in me this heart to carry out his mission here on earth and to go into all the world and to make disciples. So it's a just a different motivation for right. being a hardworking person. So yeah, I mean, it's like there's wisdom, work hard, but then there's the deeper wisdom of work hard as Christ worked hard and let him be the one that transforms you to be that hardworking man or that hardworking woman. You know, the thing that Paul said to the Colossian church, you know, that, look, we are, um, you know, you're, you're serving your earthly master, but understand you have a master in heaven. You have God as your master, you know, and he, he sees you even when no one else sees you. You know, to get that kind of concept, that's deeper than just, man, I don't want to I don't want to fall into laziness because I'll have a whip of cords brought against my back. There's <laughs> right. something deeper there in really that that uh, strong relationship with Jesus. So, yeah, I think I think the Proverbs go further when Christ is seen. Wow, that's strong. I, that makes a lot of sense. Like, when you look at the book of Proverbs and you can gain just a ton of wisdom just by reading them, putting them into practice. But, man, the depth that can happen when when a person commits their life to Jesus and by the Holy Spirit they're transformed more Mm -hmm. into the image of Jesus and this kind of proverb life is just birthed out of that that's really wow that is powerful yeah because I mean I I read the book of Proverbs and I just think man I want to be this guy right (laughs) I want to be this guy so bad and I think that's one of the real key ingredients for reading the Proverbs, you know, and that's part of the reason why Jesus is so important in all this. The gospel is so important in all this because you don't, you won't receive the Lord. You won't embrace the gospel message unless you sense a deep need in your heart. You know, you see a lack, you see things that you need to repent of. You come to him in repentance, you bend the knee to him and you receive him as your Lord and as your savior. So you don't even come to Christ in the first place unless you have that deep need in your heart. And it's just so hard to get anything out of the Proverbs if that need isn't still firmly fixed within Mm -hmm. your mind, you know, like, man, I want to be different than I am. I want to grow. I'm 
I'm satisfied with who I am in Christ. I'm thankful for my position in Jesus. I'm not this insecure child that's wondering, like, does God love me or not? No, I, I have his love. I'm in Christ. I'm approved in him. The righteousness of Jesus belongs to me. It's been deposited into my account. But just practically speaking, my father loves me and he wants to help me in this life. So, so when I'm approaching Proverbs, it's like desperation is a really big ingredient. Um, to actually receiving from them, because if we if we come to Proverbs with a like a self sufficiency or a sense that we've already arrived or that we're you know we're pretty we're, we're like finished products already like yeah. maybe there's some minor tweaks that need to happen but in general I'm I'm a pretty good person if we if we approach it in that moralistic kind of way um, it's just really hard to get anything out of it but if like a son with a father which is what proverbs is for yeah. the most part if we're approaching it like father you have something here for me and you want to change my life you want to transform me what do you want to say to me today and uh, how do you want me to grow if we approach it that way with that kind of desperation i think i think there's more there for us oh yeah wow that desperation mm-hmm it seems like the Proverbs almost in a way can kind of reveal to us our depravity a bit. And just like you said, just our need for Jesus and the gospel that can fully restore. That's wonderful. Yeah. Big time. I mean, that, that, uh, that the fool is there. He is Mm. just there. Yeah. What's your favorite proverb? Oh man, that's, that's a good, (laughs) that's a good question. There's a lot that I like, but at the top of my head, there's one and I'll turn there now so that I can quote it. Uh, correctly, but it's from Proverbs, let's see, you're putting me on the spot here, 27, (laughs) verse 18. And uh, this one came to me at a time in my life, I've talked about this before, but this one really hit me. It must have been the 27th of of a month, I think maybe (laughs) October or, uh, or so would have been about the time, but our church had a new pastor at that time, and uh, I felt fairly convinced uh, that I'd faithfully served in the church here and that now with this new leader in the church, uh, it was he was going to need to raise up his own team of guys and that I wasn't going to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And so I began looking for you know new opportunities and where the Lord might bring me. And I loved him. I was very thankful that he was here, but I just sensed, I, I think my time is, is finished here. And I was reading Proverbs uh, 27 one day. And verse 18 says, whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who guards his master will be honored. And I'll tell you what, Riley, when I read that that morning, uh, it just so stood out to me that if I would treat this guy like this ancient person who was just taking care of its fig tree, and as he took care of its fig tree, he got to eat its fruit, he says then, and if you guard your master, you'll be honored. Wow. When I read that, I just knew like, you know, I mean, I, obviously I wasn't going to call this pastor my master, but just in, from an earthly sense, like he was my boss. I was wanting to submit to him. I was looking up to him. And I just had this sense like if I just get this guy's back and just love him and support him and encourage him, learn from him and engage in ministry under under him and with him, if I do that, there is uh, there is honor that God has for me. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that looks like, but I just believe that God has deeper fruit for my life 
if I throw myself into support of this man. Yeah. And, uh, so that, that one, you know, was really big for me, uh, at that point in my life. And, and, uh, you know, he ended up really discipling me well and encouraging me. And then eventually going back to the mission field and asking me to become the senior pastor of this church. And, uh, I think that was part of it, you know, because I threw myself into really supporting him and taking care of him. Wow. The power of God through the Proverbs in your life. Yeah. Course shifting. Totally. <laughs> and if I had just like, you know, said, well, you know, I've read Proverbs 27 before. Right. And, you know, that's past tense and it was cool. Um, that would have been one thing. But that proverb, that verse... It had to hit me on that day. That moment. In that moment in a specific way. So, I mean, that's just how the Word of God so often works in our lives. You know, just stay in it, and uh, the Lord will will really minister to you as you're going through the different seasons of life that we pass through. So, I don't know that that's really actually my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. It's a powerful moment. It really meant a lot to me. Wow. Well, I think we're about... Um, out of time. Thank you, Nate, so much for talking us through how to read the Proverbs. What a beautiful way to view this book of Scripture. Yeah, totally, man. I just encourage everybody just, you know, keep pouring into the book of Proverbs, spend time uh, with it, and uh, uh, you know, we know there's just so much power in it, and the Lord will bless us and speak to us with it. So, yeah, thanks, Riley. It's, It's fun to talk about. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation about how to read Proverbs. A couple quick things before we head out. One, go to nateholdridge.com. There you can find the article related to this conversation. And you can also sign up for Nate's weekly newsletter. We pray that that really blesses you. While you're online, go to iTunes as well. Subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review. We'd love to hear feedback from you if you have some of that. And uh, leave a rating. Share this with your friends. We'd love just to see this podcast be something that helps you in your spiritual growth as you're following Jesus and in your friends' lives as well. We're also trying to put out an episode once or twice a week. So please check in regularly. We're trying to have some stuff up here um, on a regular basis for you. Until then, God bless you guys, and we hope to see you next time.